There's four words that are fill-ins for you. I'm going to give them to you up front so you can write them down. So if you check out, you know, just listen. There's four words that you have to walk out of here remembering this morning. Uh, you can write the word rescuer, okay? Rescuer is the very first fill-in. The second fill-in is the word revealer. Revealer. Rescuer, revealer. The third fill-in is the word ruler. I don't see all of you filling in notes. Brad Shalo. Rescuer, revealer, ruler. And reigns is the last fill-in. Rescuer, revealer, ruler, and reigns. So my hope this morning is that you walk away, and I know at Christmas time, right, this time we can get so distracted, so many things going on in our lives, um, you know, just there, there's family events, there's family parties, getting ready for Christmas, of course, you know, just six days, whatever, uh, just so many different things are taking place. I know in my own life, I've kind of felt like that this past week. You know, um, as many of you know, we've had five people connected to our churches past week pass away. So it's been, you know, dealing with a lot with families, walking through that with them. Um, I've got a wedding this afternoon at 1 o'clock right after church. Yeah, exciting. So if you all can stay and be a part of that wedding, I'm sure they will love it, Austin and Marissa. So um, got a wedding right away. There's just a lot going on, right? And so, um, just a lot of responsibilities. You know, some of us are going on vacation, right? So you're already thinking about that, kind of checking out. And so, I just want you to think about four words. Again, rescuer, revealer, ruler, and reigns. And only one of those four words, maybe all four of them will speak to you. They all speak to the character of who Jesus Christ is, what he came to do, and who he is. And my hope is that one of those words will stick with you this morning. And it will be impacting and meaningful to you on the role that Christ plays in your life today. As a rescuer, as one who reveals things, as one who rules, or one who reigns. And what does that mean? And so, um, so with that, you know, I want to read a passage that we've become familiar with that we read last week. And again, we're going to pull each one of those words out of a passage of Scripture those four R's this morning. So Matthew chapter 1, we read this this past week, but um, Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18, says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. That first word, rescuer, oftentimes in different translations, it will say that he will save or he will rescue people from their sins. Sometimes, again, I've read that passage many times like you, and I think, oh, well, that passage doesn't really apply to me because I've already been saved from my sins. This is the past tense. This is what Jesus did in my life, you know, 35 years ago or whatever. I don't need him to rescue me. I don't need him to save me now. He's already done that in the past. But you know that Jesus not only wants to rescue us and save us in the past, but he wants to work and rescue and to save us today. He wants to rescue us right now. 
And none of us in this room are so far removed or too far removed that God is not speaking or calling and reaching into your life right now, this very moment. And Jesus says in Revelation, I stand at the door and I knock. I'm knocking on the door of your heart. If you'll open the door, I'll come in and have fellowship and relationship with you. If you will open that door to your heart and to your life, I want to rescue you. A couple other passages of scripture, as I thought about where I find this word of saving and rescuing. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. I want to skip ahead a couple slides. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Speaking of John, it says the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, hey, look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The one who will rescue us. What do you need to be rescued from this morning? The Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Talks about Jesus as a rescuer. Colossians 1, Paul says, For he, meaning Jesus, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, and he's transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedoms, and Jesus forgave our sins. Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on a cross, and he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoings. Um, this past week, as I was thinking about this and meditating, I came across this, um, this, this passage, a prayer. Sometimes I, you know, in my, when I was younger, maybe a little bit more immature, you know, I would think, oh, you know, you can't ever pray somebody else's prayers. And, you know, somebody else, if it's not spontaneous, if you can take that off for just a second. If it's not, if it's not spontaneous, because I want you guys to listen to me. So if it's not spontaneous, then it's not really your prayer, right? But that's not true. Other people throughout church history have written these prayers that express their heart and oftentimes express my heart better than I could express it myself. A guy named Charles Spurgeon lived about 150, 170 years ago. was this incredible preacher and pastor. And he'd been a Christian for a long time without preaching the gospel. And he all of a sudden, he wrote this prayer about Jesus rescuing him. This is as he's preaching to other people. And I want you to listen to this a little bit long. So I want you to listen, I want you to close your eyes all across the room, even if you're watching at home. And I want you to listen to this prayer and see if you identify with it. See if it's like, if it resonates with your heart. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon prayed. And maybe it's your prayer this morning. Close your eyes and listen. Lord, would you save me from my sins? By the name of Jesus, I'm encouraged to pray this. Save me, God, from my willful sins, that I may not be the slave of my own weakness. Save me from the sins which, which are con continually under my eye, that I may not lose horror at them. Save me from the secret sins, Sins unperceived by me in my lack of light. Jesus, save me from the sudden and surprising sins. Let me not be carried off my feet by rush of temptation. Save me, Lord, from every sin. Let not any iniquity have dominion over me, Jesus. Would you rescue me, 
Would you save me? Jesus, you alone can do this. I cannot snap my own chains or slay my own enemies. You know my temptation. For you were tempted. You know sin. For you did bear the weight of my sin. You know how to rescue me in my hour of conflict. Jesus, you can save me from sinning. You can save me when I have sinned. It is promised in your very name that you will do this. And I pray that you let me this day verify the prophecy. Let me not give way to temper or pride or discouragement or any form of evil, but save me to holiness of life that your name may be glorified in me and abundantly. Jesus, rescue me. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I need to be rescued. I need to be saved from my past, from my present, from my future choices that I make where I turn against the Lord. Does anybody else need to be rescued this morning? Amen. Jesus came, he said, I came to rescue you. I'd like to tell you to look at your neighbor and say Jesus came to rescue you, but I'm not going to do that. Next slide. We are saved. We are saved from death. And we are saved for life. Like Jesus wants to save us to have life this morning. That's why he came. We have to be reminded of that at Christmas. That Jesus came to rescue me, to save me, to give me life. We're saved from shame and exchanging that for glory. We're saved from slavery and we're being released to freedom. We're saved from our sin and we're saved for following our Savior. We're saved from the kingdom of darkness to walk in the kingdom of light. Jesus wants to rescue us this year. He wants to rescue us this morning. The honest truth is, is we could probably stop there and probably just walk away right now and say, that's enough of a sermon. I don't need to hear anything else. I need to be rescued by Jesus this morning. I need to be rescued from myself. I want to tell you one other thing that Jesus came to rescue us, to save us. But he doesn't call you to be anybody else's savior. Isn't that a good thing? He doesn't call you to be somebody else's rescuer. Because we're bad rescuers, aren't we? Right? He doesn't call us to rescue somebody else. You know what he calls us to do? To represent him to somebody else. To say, Jesus... You can use me. I'm willing to be your ambassador. I'm willing. You've called me. I'm going to be obedient. And I'm going to be your representative to people around me. I don't have to rescue anybody. Jesus, you've already done that. You want to do that. You're willing to do that. Just, I want to be your representative. Jesus, would you use me that way? Second thing you're feeling was, is that Jesus is not only our rescuer. Jesus is the revealer. Right? 
Scripture tells us that Jesus came to reveal the Father, who the Father truly is. No one else and nothing else reveals who God is. Jesus Christ is the revealer. John 1.18 says, No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself. Jesus is God. He's near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of funny. We look at our kids and we say, oh, you know, they, we can kind of see ourselves and people can see us in our children. I don't know if you all saw um, before service was going on. Or starting up, Simon ran up here and he was kind of jetting across the front. And I thought, oh, that's just like Gabe. Jesus is like, I've come to reveal the Father to you. You want to know what the Father's like? Look at me. Luke 2.32 says that Jesus, he is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. John 14, Jesus is talking to Philip. He says, Philip, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So, Philip, why are you asking me to show him to you? If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Colossians 1.15 says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He exists before anything was created in his supreme over all creation. Jesus is the revealer of the Father. He rescues he reveals who the Father is. He reveals the Father's love. He reveals the Father's way. Jesus is the ruler. And I wrote in my notes when I thought about that word ruler is that Jesus is the authority in my life. Matthew 2, 6, again, this Old Testament prophecy about who the Messiah would be. It says, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people. Jesus came to be the authority, the ruler in our lives. Like, I don't, I don't get to make my decisions about what's right and what's wrong. Jesus is the authority in my life. He's the one who tells me how to live my life and sets that standard for my life. Culture doesn't do that. My friends don't do that. Right? Jesus is the ruler, the authority in our lives. I don't know where I got this next quote from, but I was reading this past week and I wrote it down. Jesus rules in such a way as to seek the good of those whom he reigns over. He is adamantly committed to seeking the good of those whom, over whom he reigns. Jesus is our ruler and he is seeking you're good. You can trust him this morning. We all know what happens when Jesus isn't the ruler and we say, God, I'm going to make my rules and I'm going to do things my way and I'm not going to listen to follow you, Jesus, in your way. Where does that always lead? It always leads to heartache. It always leads to trouble. It always leads to broken relationships. Somebody needs to be reminded this morning that Jesus came to be our ruler. We don't make the rules. Jesus leads us and guides us and wants what's best for us. Last one, Jesus reigns. 
Jesus reigns. Luke 1.33 says that Jesus will come, that he will reign over Israel or reign over God's people forever. His kingdom will never end. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, for Christ must reign until he humbles all of his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Paul writes again in Romans 5 about the reign of Jesus. It says, for if by the trespasses of one man, meaning Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through this one man, Jesus Christ? I've struggled, you know, the Bible, Jesus talks about his kingdom and his reign a lot, all throughout the New Testament in particular. And this past week, as I was reading and thinking about how do I explain the reign of Christ, I came across two quotes that are going to be a little bit long, but I felt like they were worth it because they did a much more eloquent job than I explaining that. One was by a guy named R.C. Sproul, and I want you to listen to this a little bit long. He said this about the reign of Christ. He said, the truth that we are kings and queens in Christ is not some idea conjured up to boost our self-esteem. You guys ever seen this side note? You guys ever seen those, those, um, those sweatshirts? I don't know what they're from, but you ever seen those sweatshirts that say kings, other ones say queens? Anybody ever see that? Is that just me? Okay, a couple of you. Every time I think I see those, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I should be wearing that, right? Because, you know, I don't know what they really mean with the culture. But anyway, so... Okay, hold me back. Back to R.C. Sproul. He says, let me read it again. The truth that we are kings and queens in Christ is not some idea conjured up to boost our self-esteem, but it's a present reality that we will enjoy in its fullness at the resurrection of the dead. At that point, we will sit on thrones alongside our Savior and enjoy by grace what is his by right. Until then, we are to reign over our sinful passions. Bringing our minds, our wills, our affections into submission to Jesus by the power of the Spirit through his word. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit and through God's word which guides us as the Holy Spirit reveals that we're to bring, R.C. Sproul says, our mind, our will, our passion, our emotion, our affections in the submission of Jesus. The ultimate destiny of God's creation of man is for man to express Jesus, express him, and to represent him. But as God himself says again and again and again, that he will come and he will shepherd his people. That is the equivalent to God saying, he will come and he will reign. He will come and he will rule over us directly. He will nurture us and he will be our shepherd. Jesus has come to reign in our life. Jesus is calling us to put our mind, our will, our emotions, our affections under his care and under his direction for our lives. The last quote I had was from a guy named Father John Breck who was actually a Greek Orthodox priest. And he was talking about the reign of Christ. This is coming from a Greek Orthodox priest. And he said this, the reign of Jesus, the reign of Christ, is the saving action of God in our world. A movement that God calls forth an active response on your part and my part. The very purpose of our life is to enter into that divinely orchestrated movement. 
With the Apostle Paul, we are called to assume the rigorous training of an athlete, to strain forward to what lies ahead. I, I wonder this morning, as Christ comes to reign, if you are participating in the movement of what God is doing in your world and in your life. You know, before service, I was sitting here talking to um, and I don't, normally don't share these stories, you know, without getting permission, but um, I don't see her in here, and so I can go ahead and share it anyway. So I was talking to someone before service, and they're talking about, you know, um, just a, a personal situation that was going on at work. And, and they had felt like God was speaking to them, telling them to act in a certain way and have a certain response and, you know, just really feeling just overwhelmed. And they said, you know, and they, this is like a month ago, and we came in, and she told me about it. We prayed about it together. She'd had this dream about her work situation. Felt like God was speaking to her about what was going on. And, and she said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what I feel like you're calling me to do. Even though I might have to risk everything for taking a stand for you. And she, she said that. Lo and behold, of course, God responded and God moved in her situation. She was able to glorify God in that, in that situation. And she was able to participate in the movement of God in that moment. She said, Jesus, I know you reign in my life. You rule my life. I'm going to follow what you're calling me to do, even though I might have to risk everything. Father Breck finishes. He said, the kingdom of God is present with us now as God's reign. Even now, it is actively working on our behalf to lead us out of death and corruption, to defeat the lingering presence and destruction and work of Satan. God's kingdom is present to guide us toward the glory of his eternal kingdom and the joy of everlasting life. As you think about the character of Jesus this year at Christmas, just four things. Jesus, I need you to rescue me. Jesus, would you reveal the Father to me? Would you reveal the sin in my own life? Jesus, would you help me to submit to you that you would be my authority, you would be my ruler. And Jesus, that your kingdom would come on earth and that you would reign over every situation in my life. Would you pray with me? Jesus, it's so easy to get distracted and to lose focus and to just get so busy during this time of year that we forget why you came. Not just that you came, but why you came. And I pray for those that are listening this morning in particular, Father, those that are struggling with their past. With those moments of disobedience in their life that still feels like it has a grip on them. Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit this morning, would you come and would you reach down, would you rescue us this morning? For those that will face situations today that will test their patience and their love for you, Jesus, would you rescue us? Would you rescue us from ourselves and our own sinfulness, our own selfishness, Jesus? 
for those that feel like they're too far off. Jesus, would you come and rescue us? And would you reveal the Father to us in that moment where we feel your presence? Would you rule over every area of our lives? Those areas that we've kind of hidden and said, God, you can have everything but this. Even now, Jesus, I believe you're speaking to specific people about areas of their life that they've held back from you. Just right now, just to yourself, just say, Jesus, would you rule this area of my life? For some of you, you're holding on to bitterness about people and relationships that have disappointed you. For some of you, it's holding on to money that you haven't allowed God to be generous through you. For some of you, it's about people in the church who've hurt you. Would you say, Jesus, would you come and rule my life in these areas? Reveal the Father to me. Reign in my life. Help me to be your representative to others around me. Jesus, we pray all these things. We love you this, this morning, Jesus. We declare our love for you.